0: Well, this gentleman coming next is no stranger. And we love him. I appreciate Brother Terry and what he stands for. I talk to him throughout the week at times and check on him. He's always across the country somewhere. Uh, I think a few weeks ago he was in L.A. Next time I called, he was in Greenville, South Carolina. And uh, probably tomorrow he'll be in Florida probably or somewhere. But he's (laughs) Houston. So he's everywhere all the time. Travels for his job, but he loves the Lord. He's a good witness for God, and uh, he's a witness for this church, and I'm honored to call him my brother. And I want you to pray for Brother Terry as he comes, and mine's the Lord tonight. Turn with me, if you would, to Joshua, and we'll look into the Word of God tonight. You know, I I tell people a lot that I love my job and I love the company I work for. But more than I love my company and my job, I love the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he's the one that gave me that job. He's the one that allows me to pay my bills and to live and exist. Uh, And I love the Lord tonight with all my heart. So Joshua chapter number 1. And we'll look at, uh, we'll start reading in verse number one, and we'll go down through um, verse number nine. So stand, if you would, in reverence to the reading of the word of God. And I'll get my glasses out. I remember when I didn't have to have glasses to read. (laughs) Now, after the death of Moses... So what we're seeing here is Joshua had already been appointed and anointed to be the successor to Moses. And now Moses is dead, and God is speaking to Joshua, preparing him for the task that he has before him. Yeah. Now, as you know, that we're at the point where they have not conquered and entered into the land of Canaan. And so there's, there's people there. And there's many battles that lay ahead. And there's many hardships that lay ahead for the children of Israel. And that's where we are. So God is speaking to Joshua and getting him ready. And preparing him for what his work is that he's called him to do. Verse number 3, he's reminding Joshua of the covenant of the promise. He said, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon... That have I given unto you as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And you say, boy, what kind of encouragement God was given to Joshua. I don't know about you. I, I, I testified this morning and said I, I didn't feel good when I got to church this morning. I was physically drained, and I was emotionally and even spiritually a little drained. But then we come in here, and the Holy Spirit of God got to moving. And I don't know about you, but I felt pretty good when I left. (laughs) I felt a whole lot better than when I got here. You see, God was emboldening Joshua, and he's saying, You're going to have hard days ahead, but you don't have to worry about it, because he said, I'm going to be there. He He said, I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And you might say, well, man, that was good for Joshua. I, but God's never said that to me. Well, I wish God would have given me that promise. Well, I got news for you. God gave you that promise. He gave me that promise. He gave the church that promise. The writer of Hebrews said, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For I have said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You see, he didn't just give that promise to Joshua, folks. He gave it to me and you and the church and the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to say, so that you may quietly say. No. No. So that you can think about and consider the possibility. That's the way he said, I, I'll never leave you nor forsake thee so that you may boldly say, yeah. the, Lord the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. You see, the same promise that God spoke to Joshua, he gave to you and I. That, listen, that ought, to, that ought to make our chest stick out a little bit. That, that ought to make us walk a little taller. Ought to make us have, you know, a little bit of confidence about what we're going through and what we're going to face tomorrow because he gave us the same promise. You see, we fail God all the time, don't we? Not, not intentionally most of the time, but we fail God. But he said, I will not fail you. <laughs> I'm glad that my salvation and my life is not based on me failing God. I'm glad it's based on whether or not he's going to fail me. <laughs> and I know that by, according to his word, he's not going to fail me. So what in the world do we have to worry about? Now, let's go on. That's a a message A. Let's get into B here. (laughs) All right. Verse number 6, he said, Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law. And Moses, my servant, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. He said, Turn not from it to the right nor to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest now listen us what he said in verse number eight this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein he said for then if if we do not let the law of God depart out of our mouth, and if we meditate in it day and night, he said, then Listen. thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes on to say, and then thou shalt have good success. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're a Christian today and you say, how, what, how in the world are we supposed to be prop, prosperous and have a successful life? The, 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 the answer is right here. Yeah. Listen, we we need to love God's Word. We need to hold God's Word. We need to learn it. We need to love it. It ought not depart out of our mind and out of our mouth. It ought to be a part of every single day. If we live our life according to the Word of God, we'll be prosperous and we'll be successful. That's what the Word of God says. That's message B. Now we're going to get into C. Verse number 9. Here's where we're going to get the message tonight. So what we find from verse number 8 Sum that up. We need to know the word and obey the word. Amen. That's what verse number eight is telling us in a nutshell. Right. You got to know it and you got to uh, uh, obey it. Yeah. Did you know there's a lot of people that try to obey but don't know? Mm-hmm. See, they don't, they don't study the word and they don't, they don't read God's word and they don't study it out and they don't learn it. They just come to church and listen to what the preacher says and do what the preacher says. Mm-hmm. Now, that's better than nothing But there's a lot of people that's living their life in that they sacrifice and they obey what they think is what God's will is for their life. But I've got news for you. You don't need to do anything because I said so. What you need to do is when I say something from this pulpit, you need to look in the Word of God and see that that that, that is in line with God's Word. And if it is, then you need to do it, not because I said it, but because it's the Word of God. And if I say it, and it's not in line with this book, you need to ignore what I say. See, that's that's what we need. You see, there's a lot of people that's trying to obey, but they don't know. And then there's a lot of people that know, but don't obey. (laughs) So how do we we live a prosperous, successful life? Well, you got to know, and you got to obey. That's pretty simple. All right, verse number nine. He recaps this whole thing. And he says, have I... Or have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God yes. is with thee whithersoever yes. thou goest. Yes. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. We thank you for this church. We thank you for the, for the message that you've applied to our heart and burdened our heart with tonight. We ask, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, that it go forth and not return unto you void. God, my, my hope and my prayer tonight is that, is that we can help and be an encouragement to your people. Living uh, uh, for you and dear Heavenly Father with the Word of God. We ask that you would bless the remainder of this service in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. So the title of the message tonight is what does God want us to be? What God wants us to be? You know, there's a lot of people that, that will live in confusion say well I just wish I knew what God wanted me to do I wish I knew what God's will was for my life and what does God want me to be because you know we hear preachers say all the time God got a ministry he's got a plan for your life but there's a lot of people that don't know what that plan is and and they want to do something for God they just don't know what to do or or where that is or or what it is and when we look at the word of God he tells us that there's. I'm going to look at four things here out of verse number 9, what God wants us to be. So, first of all, he said, have I not commanded thee, be strong. So the first thing that God wants from us is he wants us to be strong. He doesn't want us to be weak. He doesn't want us to be wimpy. He doesn't want us to cower. He, he wants us to be strong. We need to be strong in the Christian faith. People say, well, Terry, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the meek shall inherit the earth. It didn't say the weak. It said the meek. You see, meek means gentle and kind. That's what meek means. You know, you can be strong and be gentle and kind at the same time. My, my, my nephew, oddly enough, is named Joshua. And my nephew, Joshua, he's in the Air Force, and he played football down here at Volunteer High School with both of my sons. Now, Joshua, he's about, I don't know, he's, he's probably a good four inches taller than my oldest son, who's six foot. And he's a big old boy. And he worked out all the time. And not only that, but he went whenever he he was an only child, well he was the only child at home. His two brothers were older so when he was coming up they were gone. So he was raised like an only child. So his parents needed to my, my brother-in-law my sister-in-law, they needed to find something to keep him busy and something for him to do. So they took him to karate and martial arts and he, went, he, he, he learned how to fight and defend himself and learned those martial arts techniques and, and he went to different uh, events where they would fight and he won trophies and he won matches. He was a big, strong guy, but you know, he's one of the nicest, kindest, gentlest people that you'd ever meet. I remember we went on vacation one time, went to the beach. Now, he was, he was bigger. He's, I think, two years older than my oldest son and three years older than, than my youngest. So that, that, And he was bigger than them, even at their age. But I remember they was out there in the water, and they was brassling him two-on-one. And they was jumping on his head and dunking him under the water and just laughing. Now, I knew that there is no way... That either one of my kids could dunk him under the water if he didn't want to be dunked under the water. There's no way that both of my sons, if they both tried to dunk him, why well, he could have karate chopped them and threw them up on the beach, broken their arm and dislocated their shoulder and not even thought nothing about it. Because he was strong and he knew how to fight. But he was also meek. While well, just, he just let them wrestle with him and he wasn't about to hurt them. See, that's what meek is. You can be strong and be meek. Meekness is not weakness. So God does not want us to be weak. He said, be strong. Now, in 2 Timothy, chapter number 2, he said, Thou, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Thou endure, he said, thou, therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangled himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him, which had called him to be a soldier. God said we're soldiers. Mm-hmm. Who in the world wants a weak soldier? That's right. We want strong soldiers, yeah, that's right. Right? That's right? Well, how no? you, you want a bunch of little uh, 85-pound weaklings defending our country? No, we want strong soldiers. We want men and women that can get out there and carry the weapons and drive the tanks and do what they have to do to defeat. He, God said that we are called to be soldiers and we must be strong. The church of the Almighty God has let the world and the devil push us around way too long. It's time that the church stand up and we don't have to be mean. We don't have to be rude. We don't have to be violent. But we can stand up and say enough is enough. We're standing for God. 1 Corinthians 15 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the Word. Steadfast. Listen, we ought to be a rock for the Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you, listen, my little grandmother weighed about 110 pounds, and she was feeble and frail, but she was a rock. You couldn't move her. You couldn't convince her. She wasn't going to compromise the Word of God. She was the most stubborn woman because it came to the Word of God, and we ought to be stubborn when it comes to the Word of God. I'm not going to back down from this word. Listen, our country, our our, uh, elected officials, they can make any law they want. They'll have to put me in jail because I'm not going to compromise what thus saith the word of God. And if they say you can't preach it, I'll say you put me in jail and I'll preach it in there like Paul did. We don't need to compromise when it comes to the world and the word of God. We don't need to be mean. We, 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 don't have to, we don't have to yell vicious, evil things, but we ought to stand strong. And we ought to say, no matter what, we're not moving off this hill. This is God's house. This is God's building. This is God's work. And we will defend it, and we will stand for it no matter what. Because God said that we should be strong. We should be steadfast. And we should be unmovable. Listen, there, there is no reason for the Christian to think that we can't stand our ground. We got to stand our ground because God said for us to be strong. In Ephesians, Paul said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. <laughs> you see, that's where our strength comes from. You see, my, my my grandmother only weighed like 115 pounds. Why? Why she did? When I was 15 years old, I could I could have taken her in a fist to fist. I could have. She was just a little old bitty woman, but she was strong in her faith. She was unmovable in her faith, and and she her power didn't come from her physical. It came from the spiritual. And she and the Word of God says, "Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might." Listen, this word right here says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So we ought to be strong and not in ourselves. Listen, it's not because I'm smart. It's not because I'm physically able. It's because God's smart and he's physically able. And we ought to be strong in God. He said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. What are wiles? What's that mean? Well, that word means trickery. The devil, he's a liar, and he, he's a trickster, and he'll, he'll trick us, and, and, and he'll, he'll, he'll convince us of things that's not true. And he said, be strong. Listen, I remember one time when I was 16 years old, there was a, a, some kin to me, I, my second or third cousin, somebody my mom doomed I'd never met before, and he came over to the house one day, and he got to talking to me, and I may have told you all this before, I don't know, but he got to talking to me about how the, the Word of God says to honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And he, was, he, he had me convinced that it was a sin to go to church on Sunday. We're supposed, we supposed to go to church on Saturday. Well, he had me tore all to pieces. I was confused. I was, just, I was just, you know, 15, 16 years old. And he, he had me convinced that this whole thing was wrong. I remember I went back to uh, Lighthouse Baptist Church, I mean, uh, uh, Trinity Baptist Church in Blountville. Giles Ferris was the pastor. And here I am in the youth group, 15 years old. I come up to the pastor. Pastor, I need to talk to you. I just tore all to pieces. I said, this is what they said, and they said that we're not supposed to worship on Sunday. It's supposed to be on Saturday. I've been doing it wrong all this time, and here I've been sinning against God. And he smiled real big. <laughs> he put his arm around me. He said, he said let me explain that to you. <laughs> he, said, he said, that fellow don't know what he's talking about. Right. He, said, he, said, let, he, he said, let me show you right here in the Word of God. You see, we can, the devil's tricky. Yeah. He can trick us. He can make us think when we're doing right, we're doing wrong. And when we're doing wrong, that we're doing right. Is that not what the devil does? Well, yeah, that's, really that's, that's not really bad. That, that's okay for you to do that. You, you can go ahead and do that. Nobody, nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to notice. Listen, you see, the devil's tricky. Yeah. But if we're strong in the word of God, if we're strong in the power of the Lord, well, we can stand against the wiles of the devil. Right. He, he can throw all the tricks he wants to at us, and they'll just bounce off of us. because Not, a, not because of me, but because the power of God. So he told Joshua, these days that you have in front of you, they're going to be rough. They're going to be tough. Did you know that living the Christian life is not easy? I got news for you. Listen, but you know what's harder than living the Christian life? Living in sin. (laughs) Because I got news for you. If your life is, is messed up now as a Christian, I want you to think about how messed up it was before you got saved. Because I guarantee you it was more messed up before you gave your heart and life to God than it ever will be after. Right. Okay? So, so we can be strong in this thing and we cannot back down. The Bible, he said, because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this world in darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Right. But we can be strong in the power of the Lord. So he told Joshua, he said, the days of head, uh, ahead of you, not going to be easy. There's going to be battles, and there's going to be days. I, listen, there was, there was one battle when they went to Ai, and one of the men had, had taken contraband he wasn't supposed to take, and they lost the about a little tiny Ai, and they beat the, the, the children of Israel. Yeah. And Joshua was heartbroken. What in the world is going on? Did, did we, how did we get here? All our life, not everything is going to work out the way we want it to. But I got news for you, everything's going to work out. Whether it's how we want it or not, it's going to work out. So not only did he tell Joshua to be strong, but then he said, and be of a good courage. Well, we ought to be courageous. We ought to be strong and we ought to be courageous. We don't have to cower back from the world and, 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 and be afraid to speak and be afraid to stand for God. Psalms 31 says, O love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Why, how, how, can we be, how can we be courageous in our Christian life? It's because we know that the battle is in God's hands. It's not in ours that's how we can be courageous well listen we ought to be able to stand up nose to nose with the devil and not back down not because i can whoop the devil (laughs) i'm no match for lucifer and neither are you but he's no match for my god (laughs) you see you see when 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 jesus christ comes on the scene Lucifer has to kneel down and say, yes, sir. <laughs> That's what we got. We got to. Why, why? How can you be uh, so bold? I can be bold because I got God on my side. I can be gold. I can be bold in the pulpit. I, I'll be honest with you. I am more bold behind this pulpit than I am in anything that I do in life. Sometimes I'm amazed at how bold I am when I get up to preach. I am. But why am I so bold? Because this ain't about me. God called me to preach. And I didn't understand why God called me to preach. Because I looked around and I said, there's a whole lot of people that would do a much better job than me. What in the world? God's made a big mistake here. But you see, it's not about me. It's about him. So I can be courageous. We can be courageous not because of what our abilities are, but because of what his abilities are. We can be strong and we can be, have courage and trust in God. He said, and we know, in Romans chapter 8, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to His purpose. So how can I, listen, when, I, when we're in a situation and, and our circumstances are against us and, and, we're, and, and whatever's going on in our life, and we look around and we say, I don't know what to do. We can be strong, and we can be bold, and we can be courageous even in the midst of, of, of chaos. Right. Because the Word of God, you see, we can be courageous because God said, even when bad things happen to you, I will work them out to your good. He didn't say when bad things happen to you, try to figure it out and work it out to your good, because we can't do that. He said, don't worry about it. We can be courageous even in the midst of chaos when our life is falling apart. And nothing is going the way we want it to. Right. We can stand up and be courageous. Amen. Because he said all these bad things. And you know something? We ought to get excited about it, to be honest with you. If we, if we want to be honest. Listen, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm always excited when my life's a mess. But we ought to be excited about it. Because we ought to say, I don't know how in the world God is going to take this situation and work it out for my good. But I want to see that. Yeah. I can't wait to see what God does with this one because this is bad news. I can't think of anything that could happen to me worse than what I'm going through right now. I can't wait to see what God does with this mess I've created. Well, if you think about it, we ought to be excited about that. We, we ought to be able to say, well, I can't wait to see what happens. God, I, I, I'm just going to sit back and watch this because this is going to be good. Because if you take this mess and you make something good out of it, I got to see that. Now, I want you to think back in your life since you've been saved. I want you to think about all the bad situations you've been in. And I want you to think, did it destroy you? Did it ruin your life? No, you're still here. (laughs) Think about it. I can can think of situations that happened in my life that I thought this is bad. I I don't know what to do. But then looking back on it, I can see that at the time that I was going through it, it was terrible. But looking back on it, best thing that happened to me. If I could go back and live my life again, I wouldn't have changed it. Listen, I was suffered through it. I didn't see how how this was ever going to work out, but God made it work. Now, not only did he tell us to be strong and to be courageous, but he goes on in verse 9, and he tells us a couple of things not to be. He says, uh, in verse number nine, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. So he told us to be strong, to be to have good courage, and then he said, "Don't be afraid. There's nothing to fear." What 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 do we as Christians have to fear? What can the devil do to us? Well, the devil can do a lot, can't he? He can't. He listen. It doesn't matter what the devil does to me, or to my family, or to my life. When I die, Amen. even if God allows the devil to take my life, Come on, Come on. my eyes will close in death, and I will wake up in the arms of the Lord Jesus Christ to be with him forever and ever. I'll be walking on streets of gold through gates of pearl. Listen, there's going to be nothing but day. I'm not going to have any aches or pains. I'm not going to have any problems. That's what what the devil's threatening me with. You're threatening me with heaven. I got to be afraid of heaven. Well, what in the world can the devil do to us? It doesn't matter, does it? We're still going to go to heaven. So what do we have to be afraid of? John 14 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I'm here to tell you tonight that God sent me here tonight with this message because there are Christians all across this world that are living in fear. Fear will cripple you. Fear will make you uh, 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 unusable for God. Fear will make you cow. Listen, there's people every day, and I'm not and I'm not being mean, and I'm not picking on you. If you're dealing with fear, it's a real thing. Listen, I've known people that they're so afraid of something bad happening that they can't hardly leave the house. People ask me all the time, "How do you get on those airplanes? Airplanes crash." I don't, I don't want to die in an airplane, but if I do, I'll go to heaven. So what have I got to be afraid of? I got news for you. That airplane that crashes, it might land on your house. That's right. That's right. You, know, you know how many drunk people and how many crazy people there are on the road? Why? We should never drive a car because we might get killed in a car. You see what I'm saying? We can, we, can be, we can be gripped with fear and live our lives in fear, but God said, don't be afraid. That's It don't matter what the devil throws at us. It doesn't matter what he brings at us. We don't have to be afraid of the devil. We don't have to be afraid of the world. He said, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? We don't have to be in fear. We don't have to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't have to worry about, am I not going to do right? We just need to live for God and let God work everything out. Amen. Amen. I, listen, there's, a, there's something I want to share with you. I've got, a, I've got a Bible program on my computer, and I love that because I can type in a phrase or I can type in anything, and it'll, it'll find everywhere that it is in the King James Bible. So I typed in the phrase, fear not, that phrase, fear not. Do you realize that the the phrase, fear not, is found in Scripture 63 times. Now there's a whole lot of other things in Scripture telling us not to be afraid, but just the phrase, fear not, 63 times. God might be trying to tell us something. He, he, you know, it's so, sometimes you got those, those hidden things in Scripture. God hid it in there good. He only put it in there 63 times. He hid it good. We, listen, I had a hard time finding it, Brother Gary. Couldn't hardly find 63 times. So, listen, we don't have to be afraid. We can be strong. We can be courageous. And we don't have to fear. You say, Brother Terry, I can't do it. That's right, you can't. But God can. Amen. So when God calls us to do a work, we just step out on faith and do it. Not because we can, but because he can. We don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be gripped with fear. Praise the, Lord. the other thing that it says, be strong, be of good courage, be not afraid. But he also said, neither be thou dismayed. Now that word dismayed means discouraged or depressed. And I will tell you that discouragement is one of the, the wiles of the devil. Fear and discouragement will cripple our lives personally and spiritually if we allow it to. Now, listen, there's every single person in here, if you're over the age of three or four years old, you've been discouraged. I remember when I was a kid, I was discouraged because I didn't get the Christmas present that I wanted. So we've all been discouraged. And all of us have had to deal with depression. Especially if we're adults, because not all things, listen, things don't always work out. Sometimes, sometimes our kids get sick. Sometimes our spouses get sick. You know, there's sometimes that we have death in our families. All those things happen to us. And it can put us into a, into a, a, a space where we are discouraged. And, and we, and if we're not careful, the devil will drag us into a state of depression. And that's real. It's real. I've had to battle with it, and so have most of you. It is a real thing. But listen, the key to that is to just give it to God. We have to give it to God. Listen, we don't have to be discouraged, and we don't have to be dismayed. We don't have to be depressed. John 16, these things have I spoken unto you. Jesus said that, that in me ye might have peace in the world. Ye might have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You see, when the, when the world's throwing tribulation on us and nothing's going right, He said, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Listen, have you ever wondered and seen somebody that that they're going through the worst thing possible and all you can think of, and let's be honest, all you can think of is, I hate that for them and God please help them, but thank God it's not me. We've all been there. (laughs) We see somebody going through something in their family and struggling with something, and all we can say, we wouldn't say it out loud. But in our heart and in our mind, is you say, Lord, I'm glad that's not my child. I'm glad that's not my family. I'm glad that it wasn't my house that burnt down. Thank you, God, for what you've given me and the protection that you've given me. We, listen, that's normal. That's human nature. We don't have to be ashamed of that. Uh, but it's real. It, it's how our mind works. Okay. But what we have to understand is, in the middle of that, God says, Be of good cheer. Because <laughs> in this world, you have tribulations. You know, a lot of people get into this, this thing, they get saved and they think that I'll never have another problem again. Everything is just roses and sunshine, little puppies playing in the yard. Never have, never have a problem. Nothing ever goes wrong. I got news for you that's a lie of the devil. That's one of those wiles of the devil. You see, he lies to us and says, "Well, if you was really serving God, that wouldn't happen. If you if you was right with God, why that that wouldn't you know that thing wouldn't happen to you. You wouldn't have done that. Well, that's a lie from Satan. You see. So we got to understand. Just like just like God was telling Joshua, there's battles ahead. There's rough days ahead. You're going to win some, and you're going to lose some. You're going to make mistakes. You're going, to, you're going to step out and do the wrong thing from time to time. But guess what? He said, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Amen. I don't know about you, but that ought to encourage us. Yes, right. that ought to, listen, that ought to make it easier for us to be strong. It yes. <laughs> ought to make it easier for us to have courage and be bold right, because we don't have to be afraid because there's nothing the devil can do to take our salvation. Right. There's nothing the devil can do really to hurt us other than maybe emotionally and physically. Right right so what what have we got to be afraid of and what have we got to be dismayed about in the midst have you ever seen those people that they're going through and i'm telling you we're looking at their life saying thank god it's not me but they're just as happy as they can be their life is falling apart and they're happy you know they was some men that got they was preaching god's word they got arrested and they got beaten and thrown in jail. And you know what? Them, listen, that's a pretty bad situation to be in. I've never been beaten and thrown in jail. I'm just going to be honest with you. But if they come in here and said, we're arresting you for preaching God's word, and then they beat me and threw me in jail, that would be a bad. I would look around and say, uh, God, <laughs> this, this is not really what I bargained for. <laughs> this is not how I thought this was going to work out. Right. right? right. That would be a bad scene. But you know what the Bible says they did? <laughs> Long about midnight, they got up and they said, boys, get the choir together. They started praising God and singing songs. I'm going to be honest with you. If they beat me up and threw me in jail, Brother Gary, not sure if I'm going to be praising God and singing songs. I, uh, hopefully I would. Hopefully I'd be just like them. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But that's what they did. How in the world can somebody that's been beat up and thrown in jail for preaching be happy about that thing? Because they, you know what they said? They said, we have tribulation in this world, but be of good cheer. God has overcome the world. Yeah. They said, you know what they did? They said, they said well, I've seen God move and I've seen God work. I don't know how he's going to get us out of this, one, but boys, just wait and see. <laughs> God's got something coming. We don't know what it is, but boy, God's going to show up here pretty soon. Let's get ready for it. You see, we ought, we ought to be ready for God to move on the scene. We ought not sit down and say, I hope he does something. Maybe he'll do something. He probably won't do it for me. He'll do it for Brother Gary because he's the pastor of the church, but he won't do it for little old me. I'm not nearly as important as Brother Gary is. God wouldn't bless my, he wouldn't fix my life like that. Yeah, he will. Yeah, he will. Absolutely he will. We ought to sit back and say, God, I can't wait to see what you're going to do. We don't have to be dismayed. We don't have to be discouraged. Matthew chapter 9, he said, Behold, they brought a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. This man, sick of the palsy, means he's paralyzed. They brought this crippled man to Jesus, he laying on a bed. Now, what in the world did Jesus say to this man? He looked down, he said he saw their faith, and he said to the sick of this palsy, Son, be of good cheer. What? (laughs) He probably thought, looked up at Jesus, said, You you realize I'm crippled? I can't get out of this bed. These people had to carry me here, and you're saying be of good cheer. There's probably people standing around whispering, I think he's lost his mind. He's telling the crippled man to be happy about being crippled. What in the world? But here's what he said after he said, be of good cheer. He said, son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven. (laughs) You see, it don't matter what the devil throws at us. It don't matter what we're going through. We can be of good cheer because our sins have been forgiven. There, listen, do you understand what forgiven means? Forgiven means they don't exist. Forgiven means God doesn't, we, we might remember them, but he doesn't remember them. He said, what sins are you talking about? Because I don't remember them anymore. The Bible says he cast them as far as the east is from the west. You see, it doesn't matter what happens to us. We can be strong. We can be courageous. We can have a, a, an attitude of, of being Fearless and we don't have to be discouraged we don't have to be depressed we don't have to be dismayed because if everything else in our lives go wrong we're still saved. (laughs) our sins are still forgiven he's not going back on that promise so the next time that you're battling discouragement and the next time that you say Lord why is all this stuff happening to me I've been there I listen I have had discussions with the Lord and I said Lord I'm trying to do my best. I'm trying to preach for you. I try to, I try to pray every day. I try to, to read the Bible. I only listen to gospel music. Why in the world do you let these things happen to me? I know, that none y- I know that all y'all are much more spiritual than I am. But I'm just confessing my sins. I have had that conversation with God. And probably most of you have had the same con- God, why do you let this stuff happen to me? I'm doing my best down here. But you see, we don't have to worry about that. Right. Because when we, when we get in that situation and we think nothing else could go any worse than it already has, we need to remember this. Thy sins be forgiven thee. Right. You see, so even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of problems, we can still be of good cheer right. because we're still saved. Praise God's forgiven us for everything. And listen, I, I got news for you. You're not the first Christian that ever had a bad day. Listen, I hate to break the news to you, but there's Christians, when we get in heaven, there's going to be Christians that come up to us and we're going to be ashamed of ourselves. Listen, there have been Christians that have been publicly burned at the stake. There have been Christians, because they were Christians, They were put in a Roman arena and fed to lions. There's Christians that have had to face far worse than anything we will ever face in our lives. So at the end of the day, we can say God's still on the throne. No matter what happens, we don't have to be dismayed. We don't have to be discouraged because God is on the throne and our sins are forgiven. So here's the thing. I believe that all of us, all of us want to do great things for God. I believe that. If you're saved and born again, I believe that we truly in our heart, we may not want to do what it takes to do great things for God, but we want to do great things. And not only do we want to do great things for God, I believe that if we're truly saved and born again, that we want to make a difference in people's lives. We want to make a difference in the people that we know and the people that we love. And we, w- we want to be an encouragement and a help. And we want to share the love of the Lord Jesus Christ with them. But here's the thing. We can never do great things for God. And we can never make a difference in people's lives if we're weak, if we're cowardly, if we're fearful, and if we're discouraged. So you have to understand The devil, I'm just going to be honest with you. The devil is not always trying to get us to commit sin. What he tries to do is to get us to be weak. He wants us to be cowardly. He wants us to be fearful. And he wants us to be discouraged. Because if he can get us in any one of those four situations, we become ineffective for the cause of Christ. And if he can get us to be in in even more than one of those, if we can be fearful and discouraged, if we can be weak and discouraged, then our life is even more of a mess. So this is what we have to guard against. We need to, listen. I'm not saying that, that we don't have to try not to sin. That's not, don't, don't misunderstand me. But you, we have to understand that that's not what the devil is trying to do, is to get us to leave here and go drink a beer. The devil is wanting us to leave here and be discouraged. He wants us to leave here and live in fear. That's what he wants. And if he does that, he doesn't have to worry about us sinning, because now we've become ineffective for the cause of Christ. Now, I'm not saying this to be mean. I didn't preach this to be hurtful. I I really, truly, honestly want to be an encouragement and a help. And we have to understand how the devil works. The devil wants us to be weak. He wants us to not have any courage. He wants us to be afraid. And he wants us to be discouraged. And if he can do that, he'll laugh all the way to the bank. And he wins. Every head bowed and every eye closed as they come to the instruments. Brother Gary, you come and I'll turn it over to you at this time. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for the uh, opportunity to preach your word. We thank you for the message. We ask, Lord, that you would have your way in the remainder of the service. Speak to hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.